what's up and welcome to Ahead of the Curve. This is your host, Jonathan Gellner, and thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast is powered by Stick and Ball TV, the baseball and softball streaming platform. With weekly videos from some of the top baseball and softball coaches in the country, it's an absolute slam dunk no-brainer. Check it out at stickandball.tv or on the Stick and Ball TV mobile app. Today we have on hitting coach Micah Frank. Micah has spent a total of 28 years in professional baseball, 15 of those being as a player. In 1997, he made his major league debut with the St. Louis Cardinals. And his claim to fame, hitting a home run off of John Smoltz. He then spent two seasons in Japan and two seasons in Korea before starting his next professional career. He actually started his career as a scout for eight years, five being with the Diamondbacks and three as the Major League Pro Scout for the Seattle Mariners, and then has spent the last five years as a minor league hitting coach with the Diamondbacks. So on the show, we talk player evaluation, what he's doing with players this fall for training, and how we need to approach swing problems with the what why and how many. You're going to love this episode with Micah Franklin. Micah, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, John, for having me on. Sure, sure. Well, I'm excited to get to learn from you today. I know that that I've gotten to follow you on Twitter over the last couple of years, and, and I really enjoy a lot of the stuff that you post when you get to, you know, the opportunity to post it. And so I'm, I'm really I'm really excited to to get to share uh, the mic with you and, and then get to share some of the different things that you're doing this offseason to help hitters. And so I guess the first question, just to set a baseline on your philosophy, is let's say that you have a new player that's coming to you uh, and you don't necessarily know a ton about them. And so what are some of the first you know, questions that you ask or things that you look for? Uh, how do you evaluate them? And just kind of walk us through your process, if you don't mind. Sure, sure. First off, I want to say I'm a big fan of yours. I really enjoy your show and your guest. Um, you I love it. I get on the um, I get on the elliptical. I go on the old man stuff. So elliptical and the treadmill and I I, I put it on and podcast. I, I, I learn a lot. And in this well, in this day and age, you can never stop learning. And it's pretty cool to learn from everyone. You're always going to learn something from every conversation you have and listen to. So mm-hmm. I just want you to know that I'm a big fan. A lot of people I talk to are, are a big fan of yours. Um, you. Now, let's get back to that question. Sure. Uh, that is a great question to start with, because I think a lot of people um, miss, miss this boat. Um, this is a big one. When a guy comes, a lot of times people want to show how much they know. Um, oh, I, I know this. I can fix you. I can do this. Instead of saying, hey, let's have a conversation. You know, I need to know about this individual who I'm talking to. That's extremely important. Um, how does he think? What does he know about hitting? What does he know about his own swing? Maybe he thinks he knows, but he actually doesn't. Or maybe he doesn't think he knows and actually knows a lot. Um is he an introvert? Is he outgoing? Is he, does he take, um, ah, that's not it. Or does he take um, confidence? Yeah, you're on the right path. You know, these are the things we start with. Once we get that, an idea of that, you can only get an idea because they're only going to give you so much. Not every kid's going to give you everything, you know, so you start building that trust. Then you start looking at, um, does, does he have, um, athleticism, where's it at? Where's it showing? Does he have deficiencies? Um, you know, is he 
aptitude really just off the charts or is he a little slower and it takes a little bit more time? Um, so these are things you talk to and evaluating when you start, you know, flipping them a couple of balls, you give a little test real quick, you, you know, I, I love toe taps test. I love um, separation. Those are quick little tests we could do before we really just get going crazy into and too much of the body. And, and because a kid right away, when you start evaluating him, um, he's like, Hey, what's going on? You know, they, they get a little defensive. So you have to remember um, that they're human. There's a human factor in it when you're working with that kid. Um, so that's huge. Um, and then again, you know, we flip some balls. We see how he's going. Give a little bit of here, a little bit of there to him and see how he um, responds to that. And that tells a lot. You got to have a lot of feel. You know, there's no manual. Um, we all have the same, very similar script. Um, there's no secret sauce, but there's a feel and there's a human factor. And that's extremely important for me. Well, I just want to comment that I, I think the human element is the secret sauce. I mean, I think the, a lot of the information that, that goes through a lot of the different, you know, airwaves and everything, once you get to a certain amount, it's like, it starts to sound very similar. And then the difference is your, your people and your processes uh, within that. You did mention that uh, you did a separation test and a toe tap test. Can you tell us a little bit more about those? I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll drop back a few years right here. Um, this on this was, you? Yes, it was. Okay. And I will say I was at the very first on base you. Um, and it was, you know, I'm going to tell you 28 years now in professional baseball, but we st I still get intimidated. Um, there's a lot of new talking out there. There's a lot of new catchwords, a new um, just understanding. And I actually listened to Greg Rose here and, and the first time I heard him. Um, and I was, it was one of my more embarrassing moments, but it really taught me a lot. And like I said, you have to be humble. You have to be willing to learn. Um, they were screening a, a strength coach, I guess he was. And he had deficiencies in ankles, knees, shoulders, arms. I mean, everything. And they, you know, they went on the KVS and they broke him down. They say, okay, pick a hitting coach. Well, I happen to be sitting right in front of him. So I picked me and I went up there and said, I've never actually seen a hitter uh, with this many deficiencies. And, and it was, it was an embarrassing moment because um, at, up until that point, I really didn't um, understand the body as much as I should have. And that's when I really started understanding that there are certain things just because we know what it's supposed to look like. There's ways to help that hitter get there and he's not going to get there with the amount of um, time that it takes in those milliseconds um, to get there with the way he will get there with that body. So how we can move him and help him and, and get him in that um, room. Um, so I need to know that when I'm evaluating a hitter also, because I can't force him into a position that his body cannot do. No, I love it. So I, uh, I, I guess the next logical question would be uh, approaching player changes because, you know, sometimes I think we forget we are, we are the holder of the knowledge to a certain degree and the players come to us uh, for help. But it also is a process of getting them to buy into the different changes that we want to make. And a lot of times there are players who have been swinging or throwing or, you know, whatever the skill is for a long, long period of time. And so it's going to take uh, quite a bit of time to be able to, you know, fix the problem uh, permanently. 
And so I'd love to hear how that conversation, you talked about having some feel, you know, when, when is a good time to even start that conversation? Because I know you, you talked about being 20 plus years in pro ball. You see a guy first day and you see him swing three times and you're, you're not going to go up to him and say, Hey man, you need to fix X, Y, and Z and yada, yada, yada. So tell us a little bit of how we can develop that and then how we can approach those conversations. Once again, I, I believe that's a secret sauce again, because that is a conversation that hitters got to trust you. I mean, without trust, man, you can be saying everything right and it does not matter. Um, you can say things wrong, but that hitter trusts you and they're going to try it. You know, um, let's not we don't want to do things wrong, but that that is it. Um, and so it's, it starts back with with the relationship of the player. And then it gets to we have to know why we're actually having him change. We have to show him reasons. So there's a there's a what and a why and then how we have to sit down and explain that to him. Um, and then we have to allow that player to make the decision. Am I going to buy in and I'm all in and I want to do this or I'm not sure right now. So we can take different stages. Um, in the professional world, you know, especially when you're working at, you know, whether you're in low A ball, rookie ball, double A or triple A, there's different stages. Players have had success in different ways. Um, say you're in low A ball and a player just came to you and he's, he's dominating the lower levels. Well, now he's starting to get Friday night starters who were the top pitchers in college and now they're in pro ball and they're getting even better, you know, and all of a sudden that player who, you know, may have gotten away with success at um, lesser level is now those deficiencies in his swing or wherever it's catching up. And we have to sit down. We have technology. Um, we have all kind of reports that we can say, hey, you, you, you got holes here and it's, it's showing. And that other team knows that, you know, um, and that's huge, you know, and that conversation only works with trust. And then that player and we go in the cage and we slow it down and say, hey, this is what we're talking about. And we don't look for perfection when we're doing that. We're like, hey, you kind of get it. You understand it. All right. It's going to take some time. It's much easier in the offseason. It's harder when we got a game that night. Um, so those are those levels, if that makes any sense. Then you can get to the higher levels, you know, where that player has had success and he's he's a couple of weeks away from maybe getting to the next level or getting to the big leagues or a couple of weeks away from getting released. It's that, it's that, you know, it's that challenging. You go three, four weeks in a slump. Oh man, you might not have a job. You got to pay for your, you know, your, you got a family, you got wives, you got kids, you got to pay, you got to put food on the table. You have all those worries to worry about. Um, it's hard. Then you go to the next level. You have amateur kids where, you know, they actually can get away with a lot of flaws if they have some talent. So we have to be so careful to try to make them perfect and say, oh, this is what it looks like on TV. Well, you're doing pretty good. At the end of the day, are you hitting the barrel of baseball? Sure. No, I, I was uh, I'm trying to do more self-reflection. And the other day, I just had a thought of, are we trying to make them more efficient or more effective? And so it, it was just one of those things of like, you know, data may say one thing, or our eyes may say one thing, but at the end of the day, at the moment that they're in, the test is the game, like the pitcher you're going against. And if this player is having a ton of success versus really good pitching, then it's 
you know, it, it, it may be us. That's the problem. And we just may, may, and may, it may or may get, not catch up to them at some point in time as well. Without a doubt. I think a lot of times we can see things on slow motion. Um, and sometimes slow motion is a absolute amazing thing because it really helps us. And sometimes it's the worst thing we have because we can really, Oh, we can crush every hitter. We can go around and, and, destroy every swing if we really want to. But at the end of the day, or, or you just said it, are they figuring out how to hit? Maybe, you know, their A swing is just an A swing, but man, their B and C, it, there's no, there's very few Ds and there's very few Zs in their swing. You know, they're able to have adjustability. They're able to recognize that and still put really decent swings on balls consistently and barrel up balls all over the ballpark versus that perfect swing that we're always searching for. No doubt, no doubt. So the next thing uh, that I wanted to, to really hit on with you, we're you know currently recording in the fall, and I'd love to hear because you know you just got done uh, with six months of a grind, of, you know 156 game season. And uh, so now we're transitioning to that offseason period. And I think some of the guys, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, or, or they'll be coming to you soon. Uh, I've had a little bit of a break. Now what? So where do you start uh, at this time in the fall? And then just kind of lead us through uh, your progression to really, you know, when guys start to report January, December, uh, and which is the really the start of the season for amateurs as well. So we could go amateur or pro here, whichever one that, that you want to talk about. But just kind of talk to us about your progression through early in the fall, which is right now. Uh, through the rest of the fall until January or so. Definitely. Um, I will tell you what, it is so much being easier being a hitting coach in the fall than it is during the season. Um, there's no game that night. There is no game that night. Um, so players are willing to, we, we can talk more. We slow down a lot more. Um, we have more conversations, more cognitive work. Um you know, let's get the body going. We're in the cage. We're not we're not really worried about that that ball flight going. You know, we're more more or less of how are we moving? You know, how was the season before? You know, what difficulties came in? Okay, and that's where we can start really focusing on, you know. Um it's a progression and we progression, we really refine stuff. I like to um start off with always our body work. Um and then move on to, you know, different drills, depending on what that hitter needs. But if we focus too much on on getting out an extension or whatever, and not enough force in the back, we, we got to do more drills that are, are focused on that. So it's a it's a um, it's a feel. It's a communication with the hitter. It's a lot of video watching um, into that. And I love at the end of the days, we, we test it, you know, and and. It, it doesn't start right at the beginning of the offseason. We, we gradually get into that, but we never finish our days without really testing it. We get going. I get back and I let it go. Um, sliders, curves, changes um, and, and go after it with them and challenge them on um, see how they do when they have very little reaction time. Can they bring those moves in? And if not, OK, we know what we need to go and clean up a little bit because when we're working, uh, especially, um, you know, flips and other things, we may, our moves may be a little too big. 
you know, and, and all of a sudden we don't have that reaction time. We need to clean it up and be a little bit more efficient. Um, you know, how do they feel? So our progression throughout the fall leads into spring training where they're ready. When they go to spring training, it's like they've already had game at bats. And um, it's pretty cool um, to, to see how that works. You know, we use different machines and, and all kind of, um, you know, sliders, the curves, the three plates, the two plates, any kind of drill you can think of, um, we, we do. And these are, it's a lot of fun in the off season. Like I said, we can stop, we can slow it down. We can go all the way back. We can be at an autonomous stage. I mean, just letting it fly. Then all of a sudden, no thinking, no thinking, just do it. And then, Hey, let's stop. Let's go back. Let's, let's track back. Let's, let's do some flips again. I'm seeing something. So we have, you know, time is, is, is on our side. There's no game that night. It's a huge difference um, between, the season and the fall leading up to the season. Oh, for sure. So I I do want to know, so what do you guys do for, you mentioned body work, like prep work, kidding prep work, movement prep work. I'm assuming like that was my interpretation of that. I'd love to hear uh, what you guys are doing with that before they step in a cage. Well, (laughs) before they step in the cage, they, they have a, um, a whole routine that they actually go to. They, they go to most of the guys I have actually go to, um, guys that specialize. So they have, um, strength, um, conditioning guys, but then they go in and we, we work certain drills, whether we have a board in between lengths, certain movements, body movements as of their hitting. So it's, it's not so much as when I call that, I call it really, really cognitive um, hitting drills. And to me, we're in a cage and we're not, um, we're, whether it's split grips or one-handed or we're moving slow, we're stopping, we're decelling, we're really focusing on our moves, um, let alone just, you know, grabbing a med ball and, and turning. And we, we have all those in the cage, uh, whether we're hitting a, yeah. a basketball and doing some drills like that. Um, so we have... All of that, and these guys have, you know, they have um, guys all over the place. They they have, you know, anything they need. Um, a lot of the guys, I'm fortunate to work with some of these guys who, when they go in, their their bodies are ready. You know, um, it, it's pretty cool. So now we can just focus on the hitting part of that same movement they just did in the strength room. Oh, really good. So I have, uh, well, you sent me over some different videos of some different drills. Uh, I don't know, you know, what the timestamp is on these and, and you can explain when these would be good. A lot of them look like they're on a field. So we may be going back from in season to fall, uh, just depending on how I put them in the slides, but I'm going to open that up and then, uh, we can explain some of the different stuff that's going on. All right. So let's talk about this. Is This is perfect. So we'll look at the slide on the left here. So our Cole Tucker is doing a drill here. He's an extremely athletic player. Um, and, you know, like any players, I think most players have, have issues on their forward move. Well, you know, when we get to professional players, when we're talking about um, we're talking about elite players, Let, let's always remember. So, um we're milliseconds make a difference in this in this ball game. I mean, the difference between having a, a fabulous season, an OK season, a tough season. Um, and for Cole, especially a shortstop, hypermobile or center field, he can play all over the place. You know, we get him moving. We get him forward. We get him on a direction. And this is a great drill for him. It's different for every hitter. But for him, he can be athletic. He can work. We've already worked some drills. This led up to um, 
him doing his work. Um, he already did some one-handed drills. He already did some um, um, separation drills. He, he, he did a split grips and things like that in the D-cell. This at, walked into his next stage. So he went ahead and um, he's just a step in front drill and he's stepping through his extension, his follow through directions through the middle of the field while he's being athletic. Support for Ahead of the Curve is brought to you by Manscaped, the best men's body grooming champions of the world. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed, and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. The craftsmanship and details of the 4.0 are next level. Manscaped engineered the ultimate body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. This upgraded trimmer includes a multi-function on and off switch that can engage a travel lock and it also gives you the ability to turn on the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The Lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through the additional guard lengths with sizes one through four. The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code CURVE20 at manscaped.com. Well, two things that stood out to me, obviously very intentful with what, what he's doing here, but he is keeping everything low to the left side as a left-handed hitter. So back of the back of the screen, really low. Uh, for the audio listeners, this is a, a walk-in drill where there's one, two, three hit uh, as they're walking through it, and then he he is like taking his top hand. And you said he's a shortstop, so this is his non-dominant hand. And you can see that he is like trying to like I don't want to say force it, but trying to work it towards the middle of the field. Like that looked like he was pointing to you and saying like pointing his top hand towards center field. Is that a feel that he really likes? Because I, I, I see that a lot. Like I see that a ton, and I, I was I'm curious with that as well. Without a doubt, you know, um, especially switch hitters. You got to remember, he's mm-hmm. switch hitter too. So the the thing yeah. um, switch hitters like to do, a lot of hitters like to do. We like to what? We like to roll that wrist a little early. When we roll that wrist early, we're really rolling the shoulder. It's a lead up. The body works up, and you know it, it works its way down. So we need to palm up right through the middle of the field. And when we do that, we give ourselves a greater chance to be successful. You can roll over, you can swing wrong, you can disassociate way early, sweep around. If your timing's perfect, you're gonna hit the ball great, you know? But at the end of the day, we have to give ourselves the ability to have the best chance to hit the ball. So as our bat's in the zone longer, as we're going through the um through a better plane, better um path through the ball. Better timing, better recognition, better we have a better chance to hit. And that's exactly what he's working on. I love it. So you mentioned that even pro guys, big league guys, have trouble with their forward move. I I've noticed a lot of guys aren't able to to have maybe they don't have the awareness or they don't have the strength to be able to like when their front leg comes up to hold the ground while they're moving forward. And so a lot of the guys will get stuck back with like their spine angle back and then spin and that they work off of baseballs like that and super pull heavy. 
uh, or they'll they'll hop out of it and their back leg will come completely straight and it's like ah like we don't we don't <laughs> want that either so trying to get them to like balance it and I, I i do some different things i mean i i really like walk through uh, feet together is another one but really just really getting them to understand hey this is what my hips feel like underneath and then i need to make sure my glutes engage my back glute my back butt cheek is engaged and you know keeping my head over my cup just all minor things but i feel like that's like one of the one of the main pillars that i'm looking at but it seems like there's so many people even into the big leagues that that don't do that or maybe it's just a i need to focus on that a, a, a little bit more i don't know tell, tell me your thoughts on that i think it's just hard i, I think it's so hard and, and i think especially when you when we're talking about elite levels um man that pitcher who has that ball on the mound is really good really good and when those hitters are going good and they're rolling and their timing's good they're feeling good um, that human factor that life's good for them right now at home life is good on the field life is good they're rolling they're in their glutes they're in their ground they got ground force their forward moves good their time is good and boy oh boy when they're not whew. <laughs> we see them uphill they're back they're spinning they're forward they're off their you know they're they're searching mm -hmm. because it's really really hard but i do i do agree with you I think um, the more we work on this, the more the hitters can engage into that glute and have that force and really, really feel that ground, um, the better success they're going to have. And, and that's why I, I always think when you look at um, that forward move, it's, it's usually they're a hair late, they're a hair early. When you're, you say they're stuck on their backside and they're uphill, it's, they were a little late getting there to, to that balance position too, you know, and it's no question. It's, it's a tough thing to do. I think if every hitter could just um, stand there and not have to have a forward move and just hit and can hit the ball just as hard, every hitter would do it, you know, Man. but that pitcher, let's, we got to always give that pitcher credit because they're really good. I'll tell you before getting us too off topic, we do the heels down where it's just like, we're working our hands towards center field or feet in concrete. You hear it where they're, they're, you know, they're in a balanced position. They've got both heels anchored, both of their feet anchored, and then they're just working their hands. Some guys hit, I would say majority of guys hit better like that than they do regularly. And I'm like, so what's the limiting factor here? And they're like, uh, movement and timing. I was like, well, yeah, like that's, <laughs> that's a big, obviously big deals. But anyways, I, I love this next drill that, that you, that you did. So it's over speed training with tennis balls. So I'll play it and tell us about it. I, I found um, I really found this drill by luck. Um, you know, we needed to get a timing. Um, this is Christian Robinson. He, you know, he was struggling with timing um, at the time. He just got moved up to us in, in a ball and he went from um, short season where they weren't um, landing as many off speed as they were at the um, at our level. And that really messes with players' timings. When sometimes the off speed can land and they got to hit a 95, 96 mile an hour fastball. You know, they, they get stuck sometimes on the pitch behind and they're not they're not starting enough um, on time enough with the uh, you got to get that get that gather load and get it ready on, on the fastest pitch. And a lot of guys, I mean, it hurts their hands and it hurts their body. But when you're doing a tennis ball, it doesn't hurt. So they enjoy doing it. Um, they like tennis balls. And when you don't hit it right, it spins funny. And um, when you hit it right. Um, when it good and it, it takes off, but at the end of the day, it doesn't hurt their hands. It doesn't hurt their body and they don't mind doing it, which um, is the key. Love it. 
So this next one, uh, let's see here. So you're in a cage uh, pitching to a young righty. I'm going to hit play. Tell us what this drill is called. Tell us what the, the process is behind it. All right. So, so this is Carson Tucker, uh, first round Cleveland. This is Cole's brother, actually. Um, um, he is going through, this is our off-season work. So it starts out by the end of the day. So we showed what he did at the end of the day just to, to show the progression. So he starts off with a split grip. Then he goes into, um, as you were just saying, you know, feet locked on the ground. He's got a short bat. He's, he's doing D-cell swings. Now he goes into more D-cell, um, you know, following, as you can notice, where's he at? Through the middle of the field, creating space, force, um, here, right here. Now, all of a sudden, we call this Cody Cody drill, Bellinger drill, where he takes those, um, gets really into his glute, but drives it up the middle the other way, is focus, um, angle all the way up back to me, just letting it fly on him, um, giving him some tough. We're at 25, 27 feet. Then we got two plate um, drills. You know, th these are, once again, you, you, you got to be able to up closer. Then to go back, you're going to get, whether we do it a fastballs to change us, we can do cutters to sliders, we can do curveballs to curveballs. But we're, we're changing um, what we're doing. We're not just sitting there giving them feel-good uh, BP. We're challenging. So we started off the day with, you know, we call it the body movement, the cognitive. We refine that with different drills. And then we end up the day where, hey, let's go, man. We're going. I'm coming at you. I'm throwing cutters, sliders, curves, you know, whatever it is. Um, and we're getting ready. We're, we're challenging ourselves to our focus is, you know, up the middle, you know, the ball stay through the ball um, and let's go. You know, so it's a it's a whole day of really understanding yourself. And again, we can always stop if we feel something off and we can go back to our cognitive. We can go back to, hey, let's let's work that drill again. Let's let's focus on right here. You're not holding the ground. Let's get back to some of those drills, whether we're step back one knee on the ground to get up um, any kind of those drills that we need to do um, to focus on that move that he's he's missing. I really like it. A couple of things I've noticed. So it looks like this is, you know, feeling the ground and path focus. Uh, a lot of staying through the middle of the field. And for me, I, I don't know if the focus is like not rolling over, but finishing high. Sorry, my hands like right by the camera, finishing high and out towards center field. And then for you being so close from a timing aspect, he's starting super early just to get on time, which I think, you know, timing is if, if like you mentioned, if, if you're off time, everything's going to look bad. But I just wanted to point that out for, you know, the people and the players that are listening of just before you even like right when you broke your hands because you're so close, he was already having to get his foot in the air and controlling his forward move uh, forward, which again, it's, it's that adjustability and timing piece. But I think that leads into he's having a feel of how to get on time, no matter the implement here. And that's you know a big reason of of why he's so good. Without, without a doubt. I mean, we, we, we go and we actually mark off how far I'm, I'm back. So if I'm 25 feet, 30 feet, you know, we divide 55 by 30, multiply by the number. We have a gun out there. So we know the number I'm throwing at. So he knows, hey, this is going to be reaction time in 92, 94, 97, 92, 88. You know, so they have an idea where they're at um, and what they're doing at, at that, you know. Um, so that's big. You know, I, I wish I could go on the mound and actually throw at 95 miles an hour, but we can do a reaction time and, and it works. Sure. Sure. No doubt. Well, I got one more and then we'll, we'll flip the script to the on field work. 
So this bottom right one here, let me hit play and then I'll, I'll let you roll with it. Awesome. This is um, AJ Vukovic, um, young 19 year old um, man, six, five athletic kid. Um, but it's, it's really interesting. He's um, very mechanical. He has really, really good. Um, he came in with a, you know, a decent idea of, of what he wants to do. And he's a big time basketball player in Wisconsin. He's all, all Wisconsin basketball players. So, you know, we, we got to get him using his legs and, and doing um, a little bit more of that. So we have drills right here. We're talking about getting in glute, feeling that forward move. Um, here he is right here. This is it. You know, he, he stands on one leg as he does it. We also look, walk through with him, you know, get him using that athleticism finding that um, that ground, using it. Um, again, he's focusing on, once again, roll, not rolling over. Big time on that. Um, you know, we go back to the last slide with Carson Tucker. I remember right before the draft, we were working out every day. We'd hit, and um, he came off the summer showcase, and he would roll over. I saw his upper body sway. Most kids try to look for power by using their torso and swaying and, you know, and not using the ground. Well, every time he hit a ground ball and poolside, he had to, we gave him 10 push-ups. All right, 10 push-ups before you get hit again. And you know what? He stopped rolling over, you know? <laughs> but once again, I mean, every young kid should really, to my opinion, to the older kids, and the older guys already do it. Um, ground balls, short stops, if you're a right-handed hitter or if you're a left-handed hitter, ground balls a second. Four, there's there's no need to do that while we're practicing. We need to practice to, to hit them correctly, you know? And you're going to do it once in a while, but you catch yourself and you, you correct it. And there's a focus when we practice. No doubt. Well, one thing that with that's evident with pro guys too, uh, and just well, elite guys in general is just their intent on what they're doing. And I think with elite coaches too, it's what's the takeaway with this? You know, like what are we what are we trying to do? And then, like you mentioned, uh, with the Carson Tucker video, this the first part was from the day before, and then you're blending it in uh, with what you're doing in the next day, and so they know it's it may be it may have some variability within it but there's still a, an intent and a focus behind what they're doing so that they, you know, so they, they know what, uh, what to try and feel, what to try and inspect. And like you mentioned, uh, you can't be in the box with them. And I think that that's a huge part of self-discovery is understanding, uh, you know, and using coaches on how to feel what the coach is seeing or what I'm trying to look for as well. Without a doubt. Um, we, we have to remember that um, the hitter, needs to understand um, what he's trying to do. And we have to listen to him and we have to believe in him as he believes in us. Um, because we always, I, I see it all the time and I'm guilty. Everyone's guilty of this. You know, we see it. So as soon as they come out with one swing, we're, we're, we're telling them how to fix it. So when they're in trouble in the box, they don't know how to fix it. So we have to allow them to fix it. Um, self-organizational skills, drills, oh, they're, they're the best. They're the best. But when we're sitting there telling them all the time, we have to be careful because there is a time for that. There's a time for that. Um, but it's a, it's a good blend and it's a feel to know when um, to allow them to, to fail a little bit. And, and, but eventually they will come out. Thank you for listening to Ahead of the Curve. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a rating or review wherever you are listening. I also wanted to remind you that you can find the video portion at the AOTC channel on stickandball.tv. Have a great week.